0: well good morning again everyone we are so happy that you are here that you were able to come out people who are watching us from the live stream we're so happy that you're joining uh, and this morning we have a, a special guest pastor david cho is going to become uh, coming up here to do the teaching uh, some of you already know uh, david has been at program uh, before he is the pastor at sion baptist church which is an nab korean language church um, David is also a high school teacher who lives here in Vancouver with his wife and his two daughters. So we're very excited to have David here. So let's bring him up and let's give him a pilgrim welcome. Well, thank you so much for having, having me. And uh, I was really blessed by the worship team and the prayers. I really felt the presence of God. So thank you. Um, today I'm going to read from Matthew's Gospel, Chapter 6. It's one of the verses, passages that we know really well, and uh, I'm kind of scared to talk about this passage, <laughs> but I'll do it anyway. Um, Matthew chapter six, verse twenty-five to thirty-four. Uh, let me just read the passage for you. Uh, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or Run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But first seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of God. Amen. I'm going to just focus on verse 34 specifically. But as we know, we are all in the midst of pandemic, and um, uh, there is no end in sight. Probably your pastor also talked a lot in this context as well, so uh, this is nothing new. But we're blessed to live uh, to be living in BC. And um, there are many parts of the world, including the, uh, south of the border, that you wouldn't want to go. Um, I don't know how you're coping. Uh, to say the least, it's very challenging uh, time for all of us, and many are worried and anxious. Their constant um, health concern, uh, money issues, and and even the the kind of issues that we didn't really think about before. Um, now, like you always think about wearing masks, when to take on and when to take off, washing your hands like 50 times a day, or uh, maintaining physical distancing, and et cetera, et cetera. My wife um, used to enjoy going grocery shopping, but that gives a lot of stress nowadays, and uh, I I tend to do a lot of those. She kind of gives me a list of things to buy, and I just go there, Costco or wherever it may be, and just buy the stuff and execute her order, and I come back home. But but in the church life, too, we can't really shake hands or... um, give hugs, the things that we used to, and also, you know, fellowship like we used to sharing snacks and food. You know, these were like kind of blessed times that we took for granted, but we can't really do them anymore. I don't know until when, but um, um, that's that's the that's what it is. And the future is uncertain, and and it, it can cause a lot of stress and worries to a lot of people. You know, business, school, work, or Our daily life, they are all affected. Um, Worries and fears about our future, safety, health, family, church, even our very survival, all these things can press our life very pretty hard. But the word Jesus is giving us today is, do not worry. Do not worry, he says. I mean, you might be thinking like, Jesus never experienced a pandemic like this uh, when he was on earth. So what he says cannot be applied to our situation today. Uh, But we have to understand that the word of God is the word of life that we need to heed to, hold on to, no matter what circumstance we're in or what era we're living in. So my question is, do you have worries? Do I have worries? What do you think? you think I have worries? I'm not going to answer that, but um, I'm one of the people like you that I need to really uh, hold on to the Word of God. But if you're not worried about anything, you probably don't need to listen to what I have to say. Um, you can take a nap for the rest of my preaching, but um, but I'm hoping that you'll find what I say helpful in some way. So the point of today's passage is not worrying about tomorrow, that has not come. If you live, if you can live today, faithfully, truthfully, without worry, you are a blessed person. I think one of the things that really make us worry is that um, that we we we, we live the moment in in busyness. Like one thing that prevents us from living the moment and today is like we're so busy. We used to. We used to um, be so busy. Um, our culture used to place a lot of worth on business. The busier you are, the, s- the more successful you are. And there's a story that goes something like this. There was a lawyer who opened up his office and um, he put his uh, credentials on the wall and he was like decorating his office. And um, he, so he opened up his um, brand new office but nobody came for a couple of days and uh, he was getting anxious. And uh, a few days later, somebody knocked on the door. So he wanted to give an uh, impression that he was really busy, right? So he sat at his desk and picked up the phone and pretended that he was talking to a client. So he let the guy in through the door and had asked him to sit, and he was, pretend- he was pretending that he was talking to this guy, like, I'd like to take your case, but I'm so swamped with all this work cases that I can't really possibly take you. Maybe when I have a time, I'll call you back. And he hung up. And he said um, to this guy, I'm so busy, so how can I help you? So this guy says, he was kind of awkward. And he said, "Um, I'm here to open up your phone line. (laughs) Anyways, so um, we have this obsession that we must be busy and we must march forward to the goal, they may not be bad in itself, but in the course of that op- obsession, we tend to—we not to enjoy the process and not to appreciate the today that's given to us. I mean, I, I don't know if you have gone a, on a package tour or something like that. I've never uh, ha- had an um, experience like that, but my wife did, and... Um, she, she was in a bus uh, that uh, went to Banff for three nights and four days or something like that. She had to spend maybe coming and going a good chunk of like uh, two days in the bus basically. And then um, the, the tour guide would stop at a spot and give you like 30 minutes. So all basically you can do is take a picture and get on the bus and leave and t- get to another place take another picture and leave, right? So that's basically, there's a tour package. Um, I mean, in order to appreciate the beauty of the creation, you actually have to get out of the bus, walk in the forest, smell the flowers, and feel the nature, right? Um, But we we do not have time for it. We just look at it from a distance and leave. And the problem is that we, we can live our life that way. Our life can end like a bystander, just looking at it from a distance and never engaging in it. I think the failed life is only living for the result. A winning life, I mean, results are important too, but winning life is life, realizing that life is more than that. We've got to be living the process too. A winner is happy in the process of running, but losers' happiness is determined only when the running is complete. So then the whole process of running is just an ordeal and pain to that person. I mean, let's say that there's a student, his or her only goal is to graduate, and he hates the school. So every day in the school, if that's the sole purpose of going to school, is just to get out of the school, graduate then the every day that he's in the school would be a bad experience. I mean, if you are going to work, if your only purpose is to get out, to retire, just waiting for that retirement day to come, then each day that she's going to work will be a painful, painful day. Even with this COVID-19, I don't know, I guess we're waiting for this pandemic to end, but if you're just waiting for everything, everything to return to norm, I think that waiting time could be too painful. One of the things I think the COVID-19 did to us is that it kind of slowed down our life a little bit. There are many people who lived a quite a busy life, but because of COVID-19, the pace of our life slowed down quite a bit. And some even say that they were able to rest more physically and mentally. I suppose this is, at least to, to some people, one positive out of, out of this pandemic. Um, Jesus says, do not worry about tomorrow. He's saying, don't try to live the day that has not come. Today is the only time that's given to us that we can actually live in it. Seize the time and live in in that moment. Don't bring in tomorrow and try to live That tomorrow, today. And he's saying, like, because you do that, that's why you get anxious and worried. Having lots of things to do or busy, uh, being busy is not necessarily bad. But what's what's bad is trying to live the life that has not come yet. So you become hurried and anxious. You, You can't wait to see the result. You have to see it today and now. Jesus himself lived, lived a very busy life. He was swamped with the demands of people, but he was never hurried. Despite the busyness of his ministry, he always had the time to commune with the Father in heaven and live a balanced life. During the day, he was so busy, but in, get up early in the morning, he would go to a solitary place and commune with the Father, pray to him, and, and, um, and uh, fellowship with him. His first priority, his priority was always on God. In the intimate and personal relations with the Father, he always lived an abundant and and balanced life. So Jesus says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I mean, still, you might say, like, how can we not worry about tomorrow? Like, we, we, our, um, sorry, our our sister who shared a prayer said, like, look at all the people who, you know, we pray for the people who lost jobs and, um, you know, unemployed or underemployed. You know, We need to pray for these people. And look at all the businesses that that are losing and closing down. And look at all those people who are trying to find jobs. And what, what if someone gets sick in our family? What will happen with school come September? Um, What's happening down in the south? I mean, it's one crazy um, place to be in in right now. Um, And we need to pray for that nation as well. We need to pray for the world, for all the things that are happening um, around us. I mean, don't we have to worry about these things? I mean, don't, don't, don't I need to think about the worst possible scenario? Um, what if I'm kicked out of the apartment that I'm living in and um, live on the street? Don't we need to worry about all these things? Jesus says, don't worry. I, I had a conversation, a conversation with a street person um, some years ago. And uh, I had a ministry, our church had a ministry that we went down to the to the um, uh, uh, East Hastings and then we served uh, homeless people and I was engaging in a conversation with someone and uh, it turned out that this person who was um, in his probably like 50s used to teach at a college he was a college instructor and somehow I don't know I guess uh, life turned sour and he ended up on the street um, you know, eating a meal at a Salvation Army or the street church that I was in. Um, so I was really curious how he came to be in that circumstance, but I didn't have a time to talk to him. I was thinking, as I was conversing with him, could something like that happen to me as well? Um, you know, Jesus is saying that these, these, these worries are not practical and they do not help. Jesus was talking to people who knew hunger and poverty, who experienced rejection and failures. Some were sick and broken. The majority of these people were poor, and they were actually in a position where they had to think about what to eat for each day. To these people, Jesus was talking. He was saying, do not worry about tomorrow. I mean, it does, it does not mean that you, you shouldn't plan for your future or, or uh, you never plan. Preparing and uh, planning is different from worrying and being anxious. You can actually reduce worries by proper planning and preparation. The problem is you are just obsessed, obsessed with worrying. That's the problem. It makes our future all the more uncertain and makes today even harder to live. Tomorrow, we'll worry about itself. What does that mean? It means that we are given enough strength to endure and deal with the troubles and issues of today. It means do not worry about the realm that we do not have any control over. Life becomes difficult to bear when we worry about all the things that have remote chances of happening. People worry already about things that did not happen and probably will not come true. They worry first anyway, and in doing so, allow Satan to sap life's energy and vitality and joy that we can have. You probably realize that as you live live your life, things you worry about rarely come true. You know, there's a result from a recent study um, that shows that how unlikely most, our, most of our lo- uh, worries actually come true. What do you think is the percentage of actually you worry about something, all these worries that you worry about, and uh, what would be the chances of them actually happening in your life? According to this study, 91% of worries or false alarms, they don't actually happen, right? Some of you might, might think, See? 9%, there's 9%, they do come true. I need to worry about those 9%. But this study further reports that out of the remaining 9% of those worries that did come true, the outcome was a lot better than, than uh, what you actually expected, right? A third of the time, actually. Uh, and, and for about one in four participants, exactly zero of their worries materialized. Um, so what I'm saying is we bring worries of tomorrow to today and make them today's issues. That's what the problem is. I, well, I don't know, like um, If you are playing for any trips during the summer, um, I guess you're, I don't think anybody's thinking of... Um, going to Italy or like some other exotic places that you used to think about, uh, probably a lot of you will be driving in a car if you're going anywhere or camp or uh, somewhere in BC. Um, I mean, like, you, the reason that you're on a trip is to enjoy yourself, right? To rejuvenate and to get new energy and and, uh, be surrounded with the nature and and, uh, have a peaceful time. But... But as you drive, you if you start worrying about all these things, what if tires go flat? What if engines have an issue? You know? That'll take away all the joy that you could have, right? And then maybe you should uh, join BCAA. Um, and when, when you get into a hotel, you worry about what if the, the hotel room is not clearly, um, you know, um, properly cleaned or uh, what? what if there's a chance of, like, bugs coming out or whatever, um, then maybe you can bring all your camping equipment and uh, sleep in your sleeping bag or in your tent in the hotel or something like that. But, but you know, like, um, Jesus is saying, don't live like that. I mean, you, you cook an entire cow. Can you eat that in one serving? There's a cow. You kind of kind of cook the whole thing, and you, can you eat that in one serving? The answer is no, you cannot do that. But if you eat one plate at a time and, like, refrigerate it and just serve one plate at a time, you can eventually finish it, right? So if you put too much food on your plate, you might have an issue with digestion even before you start eating. That's why I hate buffet. Like, if you go to buffet, you want to stuff your stomach with your food, um, how long does it last? Can you eat so much that you don't have to worry about a week's food in advance? No. You go to wash them, and the next meal, you get hungry again. So So it's in the same way, like we, don't, we don't bring all the worries of the weak portion and try to digest it now, today. So no matter how much work you have to do, you start doing it one at a time. Then you'll finish them all eventually. You just do as much as what you can do in a day. The problem comes when you try to do everything at once. If you keep marching, not hurriedly, not anxiously, but continuously, one day at a time, there's never a path too far. There is not a destination you cannot reach. But because you try to go too far at once, try to do too much at once, you get overwhelmed and you give up. If you are in a difficult situation, do not think I'm going to endure this for the rest of my life. It will suffocate you. But if you think I can manage this day, one day, then you can manage it. I can love one day. I can manage my anger today. I can be kind and gentle today. This is doable. If you expect more than that from you, that's vanity. You know, like let's say all of a sudden your mom is treating you so well. She's not crazy, self, usual self. Don't be anxious and think that, she, no, she'll be her crazy self again tomorrow. No, you just have to be thankful for the moment and you have to cherish it. Do not create worries in your imagination that do not even exist today. Your sister is not annoying today. I mean, just appreciate that moment. Don't think ahead and say, well, she'll be annoying self again tomorrow. Tomorrow hasn't come. You are living today. So live and appreciate that given moment. Satan makes us worry about tomorrow that didn't even come. We need to be able to live the present with all faithfulness. And that's all God is requiring of us, one day at a time each and every day. You know, worries and anxieties, these are playing field of devil. And it robs our peace. And it actually directly relates to our health, right? I mean, when you worry, there's a, re- a report that says that like a, lo- a lot of causes of our illness comes from these worries. Um, like these things are actually damage our health. Let's say there was a worry. And you are obsessed with it. And that controls your thinking and controls your emotions and controls your relationships. And controls your whole life. Eventually, it's going to damage your body and even like your life. You remember when uh, Moses was encountering God, he asked God, what's your name? And what did God say? God said, I am that I am. You could take this in many different ways, but one aspect I want to bring out is that he is present with his people. I am is my name. If you are living in your past with all the remorses and regrets, that's a painful life to live because God is not there. God is not God of I was. If you're living, worrying about all the problems and fears about the future, that's a difficult life too because God is not there. Because God is not God of I will be. But if you're living the moment, the today that God's given to us, that life is not too difficult. We can live it. We can overcome it. We can prevail because God is there. God is God of I am. God is God who is present in our midst, in our daily living. God is God who is with us today. God is God who gives us enough grace to sustain today. We must trust and depend on this God. That's why God gave manna's. For one day's portion only. If some people gather too much manna, the heavenly food, worrying about tomorrow, they all go go rot or uh, bugs got in. Jesus taught us how to pray. When he said, when disciples asked him, asked him, like, teach us how to pray, he said, pray for your daily bread. Give us daily bread. He didn't teach us to pray for one month portion or one year's portion. But he asks us to pray for daily bread. This is the faith of living the moment. This is the spirituality that we need to live out in our everyday life. So in order for us to live adequately, and peacefully we have to kind of flow the we have to follow the flow the flow of nature you know like when you look around all the trees and birds and everything else in nature they don't try to uh, they, they don't struggle to live i mean trees don't struggle to grow they just grow naturally flowers just blossom in time they don't have to struggle to blossom Fish, they don't struggle to swim. They just swim and birds fly in the air because it's natural for them to fly. They just live according to the instincts that God's given them. And there's only human beings, that's, that's the only creature that is trying to live against this flow of nature. Why? Because there's greed and there's attachment. There's worries and anxieties when anxieties and this greed and, and attachment enter into, this um, you know, takes the vitality away from our, our lives. So Jesus is saying like, that's what you can, just live in the moment, leave the tomorrows until it comes. You know, at the start of pandemic, I don't know if I can say this, but people, people buy so many toilet papers. <laughs> they bought loads of toilet papers. I could not understand in my this imagination why people are doing that. Probably some of you. Actually, I went to Costco, too, because my wife was getting really anxious, and we have to get toilet papers, right? So I kind of gave in and went to toilet papers, and there was like a, this long lineup, and uh, within an hour, all the table, uh, toilet papers were gone in the worst uh, you know, time, um, I mean, they worry that they might run out of toilet papers. Um, I guess I kind of understand it in some ways. I I try to understand why people are doing it. Uh, some, some people told, told me that it's because that's the last piece of dignity that you can have as a human being. You need to at least have a paper to do that business. But I, I don't know, like... There was a report that somebody bought 12 years' worth of toilet papers, and, um, um, I mean, when, 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 when things get worse, I guess you kind of have to have these life essentials, right? And toilet paper is one of them. But, like, now they have too many of them, and they're worried how they're going to use them all. Um, I, I, I think, I don't know, like I, I, it's just me, but God didn't give us this precious time so that we can pile up toilet papers, right? You know, I, I'm one of the people who think that this kind of holding is lack of trust in God. I, I think as Christians, we should not hold things. I think that it's ultimately this worrying is trust issue. The Bible says worries are ultimately trust issue. Lack of complete trust in God causes worries. So, so many people live with inner anxiety and worries because of that. In today's passage, Jesus says, Do not worry three times. What is the basis that he can say this? God gave us our life and body. Food and clothes are not as important as this. Verse 25, right? Do not worry about your life. What will What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more important than food, more than food, and the body more than clothes. If God gave us a life and body that are most important, would he not naturally give what we eat or drink or wear? You know, before I started preaching, before the service, um, somebody told me I can preach as long as I want. So, um, but I'll, I'll come to an end sooner than later, so just bear with me. Um, Jesus goes on to say that this is ultimately an issue of trust and faith. Let me just read verse 30. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire... Will he not much more close you, you of little faith? So are you trusting God? God is, uh, Jesus is saying, are you actually trusting God? You know, worries suffocate our souls, so do not bring tomorrow's worries back to today. Worries paralyze our capacity to give thanks to God and trust in him. Verse 32, it says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself each day, has enough trouble of its own. Pagans don't know God. So they think that they, they need to guard their own lives. So they worry. It's understandable. But we, you and we are a, a children of God. We need to be different, Jesus says. God knows what you need already. See, our lack of trust in Him makes us to, makes us try to act like. We are God. We have to, we try to manage all, all of our lives and we have to, you know, uh, control all of our lives. This is ultimately lack of trust in God, it's Jesus saying. When my, my daughter were like, they were like grown up adults now, but like when they were like a three or five, you know, all they had to do was when they were hungry, come to mom or dad and they, uh, all they have to do was just, uh, "Mom, I'm hungry," and uh, you know we would uh, provide food for them. Can you imagine that my three-year-old daughter come up to me and and say, "I don't trust you, Dad. So I'm gonna go out and provide for myself. I'm going to go out and find food for myself." That's so dumb. Even an earthly father that loves his children, will do his best to provide food for his children. Even if he he himself starves, he will try to provide food for his children. Our Heavenly Father has ultimate, unlimited resources. How absurd is it to think that he will not be able to provide for his children? It's foolishness. It's not me saying, but Jesus is saying, to give up on being his children and act like father. We need to be able to trust God. We need to confess to God, God, I don't even know what tomorrow will bring, but you are my heavenly Father. I trust in you. You will sustain me another day. So do you worry about tomorrow? Do you worry about all the things that did not happen and will probably never happen? And so you are not really living the given moments. Are you wasting your energy with worries and anxious thoughts? God is asking, do you really trust me? I am your father. Put your trust in me. Leave the tomorrow to me. You may prepare and plan, but do not be anxious and do not occupy, it, obsessed with worries. Leave instead, cherish and appreciate the today that is given to you as my present. We are living our life journey with God who has given us eternal life. If we have a conviction and faith in this, our life must be different. We have to be able to give all our trust to him. As the Bible says, today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Why don't we leave that today. Let's pray, dear God. We thank you that your world is your world is true and your world is eternal. And um, as you say to us, help us to put our trust in you. Help us to give up our thoughts of our obsession of the desire to manage all of, li- uh, all of our lives, including our future that we cannot control, would you give us faith to, to yield it to you, to your care? Father God, if there are people who are worried with many things, would you pour out your spirit on them, comfort their hearts, and give them assurance that you are with them, as you've been with them all these years, you are with them and you will be with them. So, give us this trust in you. Your, our Father, your God, who sent His, your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to redeem us from the power of sin, to give us eternal life. If that's the God that we believe in, then, This is the God that we can trust in. Father God, help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.